0: on to alderaan that sound just came from our podcast that thing's operational <laughs> i'm joey <laughs> your star wars lover and with me ooh, i have one for everyone this time with me is Ruish good hello podcast the batman to our robin robin <laughs> hello <laughs> and professor dr lorelei
1: Hello.
0: That's us. That's us. We're back. Woo! Woo! And we're the podcast that talks all about uh, nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. We have been away for a while. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome back. Thanks for hanging out while we've been away. This episode, we are going to talk about what we've been up to and what we've been into. And we'd love to hear from you and we'd love for you to join into the conversation. So... To do that, you can reach out with your feelings. Man, it's been a while since I've said that. We're at Krypton to just search Krypton to Alderon on all social media. Or you can pew-pew us an email at krypton to alderon at gmail.com. And lastly, if you could please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a hot minute since we've had a review. And uh, they're really nice and they make us feel good and it helps the show. So that's that that's all the things. I think I nailed it. Hello,
1: friends. Hi. Hi, Joey.
0: How
2: are we all doing? How is everybody? We are in the same time zone, not only just on the same podcast, but same time zone. (laughs) Same time zone, same podcast. Should that be our slogan
0: from now on? I know it's great when we can text each other and be like, when do you want to record? Four o'clock. And I don't have to do like mental gymnastics. The mental gymnastics being Minus two hours. <laughs> Let me pull out my sundial. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out if we can meet. Yeah, it's great. This is what we've been up to. Lorelei and I have moved from Wyoming to Pennsylvania. We're back on the East Coast. How is it being back on the East Coast, Lorelei?
1: It is nice to be in the same time zone as mo- a lot of people. More people than in Wyoming. <laughs> But yeah, it's good. It's hot. It's humid. It's loud. There's cars, etc.
0: We're much further away from the sun, which yes. I really appreciate. It's
1: very green. Yep. Stuff actually grows here. It's not like constantly trying to die, which is nice.
0: <laughs> the stuff's not constantly trying to die. I'm not constantly
2: trying <laughs> to die. We're all good. How are you two? We are also good. We do not have an elevation change or a time change of our own, but we've been having a good time this summer. We've been doing a lot of gardening, a little bit of travel. It's the same old stuff with us. You guys are like starting a new chapter. Your story is a little bit more interesting with Ketchup. If people have been wondering where we've been, it's like, eh, we've just been waiting to podcast again until <laughs> Joey and Lorelai's life stopped being so busy. It's our or fault. Or maybe that it's sure. not even less busy now, just that we've agreed to start the podcast back up.
0: I think it's less busy. I feel less busy, for sure. Because well, I'm not like tearing a house apart and putting it back together. So some that's of us nice.
1: feel more busy, Oh, well, Joey.
0: yes, but okay. Me personally, <laughs> less busy. Lorelei more busy. Lorelai started teaching. At a university
3: this week. I did. It's a lot of work.
0: We complained about that off air. She complained about that off I air. Sure so did. we won't go into it. Robin, how are you?
3: I'm swell. Like Rhys said, there's not really anything monumental happening over here.
0: We went to the beach yesterday.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's what? fun. I want to go to the beach. What it's
0: beach? Nice. L-
3: lots of people. Asbury Park.
2: And as we were walking to the Asbury Distillery, we heard Simple Plan sound checking at the Stone Pony, a show of which we did not have tickets to.
3: No. Bummer.
2: Simple Plan in Sum 41. Nice. That's but we were there like a week or two earlier for a Dashboard Confessional and oh, that's where Jack's that was. Mannequin or Andrew McMahon. Yeah, same venue. We like that spot.
0: I really like Andrew McMahon. I've been on an Andrew McMahon kick lately. Okay, so this episode is going to be, if you're not familiar with the show, at the beginning of every episode, we do like, what we're into kind of content catch-up. We're going to make that this whole episode that. We're going to talk about some of the stuff we've been into over the past several months while we haven't been podcasting. There's some more behind the scenes. For some reason, this segment of the podcast creates a (laughs) high level of anxiety for most of the hosts of this show. (laughs) And I was thinking that maybe be by like having four months off from the podcast, however long it's been, that it would be a little bit easier because like Royce texts me every week about a new podcast he's listening to. But when it comes to like writing it down for the show.
1: We all need to start journaling, I think, <laughs> about I, various things. I would agree. But <laughs>
2: yeah, I'd like to start journaling. It's hard to. So we've all probably consumed a ton of stuff. I don't think there's yeah. a shortage. It's hard to say like. What do I want to talk about on the show? Even when we're on our normal week-to-week schedule, which hopefully we'll be on after this episode that we we go on the bi-weekly recording again. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to pick one thing and you're like, I really care about this. And the listeners will also care about this (laughs) rather than like, want to hear about my new Lego set? Although that would probably go over pretty well. Uh,
0: yeah. You get the idea. I,
2: I'm, I'm banking on that
0: being our base. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping this wouldn't be an anxiety-driven episode, and I hope it wasn't. But that's what we're going to do this time. What the top three pieces of content you've enjoyed over the past several months, whether it's a TV show, movie, podcast. Lorelai, do you want to start us off?
1: Sure. Um, so, based on number of hours consumed... Oh, no. <laughs> I would say probably both of us, the number one is, you guessed it, Love Island. <laughs> the gift that just keeps giving because there's 80 episodes per season.
2: Is that real?
1: Yeah, they release it's a daily. new episode every day in the summer. But 80. I think it's 80. Somewhere between 70. It's not exactly the same every year. But yeah, I think we're up to episode 50 or something. Like That's
2: insane.
1: Every day for the summer, Monday through Friday, five episodes a week. So it's a lot of content. You gotta love it. You just have to.
0: I don't think that you do have to. You sure do. It's really, really bad for my brain. It makes my brain feel bad, and it makes the rest of me feel bad. And
2: there's, like, no good people on the show. It's not true. It's that you're supposed to watch it to bask in other people's misfortunes and drama. You're not supposed to watch it to... The problem is that they're not unfortunate. They're all, like
0: very well to do. I think there's a lot of like issues with the way the show is like created and run. Wow. It's very like heteronormative and it's very yeah. like models and all kinds of stuff like that. But
2: So is is there some kind of twist? What's the theme for the season? Is it like
0: there's, there's never
1: two really... love islands? No, there's a, There's another use...
2: island over there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do the same things every every year. Pretty much the structure doesn't change. Every once in a while, they'll mix it up a little bit.
0: The biggest, um, by
1: like kicking off people in different, like in a different way. For the most part, it is the same. The biggest change that they made this year was that they were only allowed to wear thrifted clothes during the show, which was like, Hmm. because they usually would get like some sort of clothing sponsor. And so all of their clothes would be like really fancy and they like wear different outfits every day. So it's very wasteful. So that was a criticism that they addressed by making them all wear thrifted clothes, which is kind of fun. Sustainable Island. Yeah, Sustainable Island. They're also like not allowed to drink, which is, I think, after the first couple seasons, they made that rule. They're allowed one one. Drink per night, and on party nights, they can have two drinks.
2: <laughs> That's a, probably a good rule for broadcasting in
0: general. Yes,
1: exactly. So they don't get so none messy. of the bros. One drink per episode, Joey.
0: <laughs> but they also, this season, they also started off very differently where they let the public pair oh, yeah. the couples up. Usually, like the men and women come in and like choose who
1: they want, they like
0: rotate which. Whether the men get to pick a woman, uh, the women or vice versa, right? Oh,
1: no, it's always the men get to pick.
0: Oh, all right. Well, this season the public chose.
1: Yes, so that was a new, a fun new thing. And have any of them stayed together?
0: I don't know. One couple. But has. tell Royce what the biggest like twist in the show is. Every season there's one particular.
1: There's a twist, and it's called Casa Amor. Dun dun dun. So basically, they like have spent probably six weeks building up relationships with people like in the in the main villa, the villa. And then <laughs> at a certain point, they send either all the boys or all the girls to another basically Love Island 2 where there's like an entire new group of men or women for them to like meet. And then it's this whole big thing over like whether they'll bring back a new partner and, and like in the process dump their old partner or not. So it's always shocking. It never goes the way you think it will. It's a weird show. It's not like, it, like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, like it's like one person dating a whole bunch of people. Also but like, weird. Also weird. I mean, but I, on Love Island, it's, it's, they like, that reason, they couple weird. up into these couples and they sleep in the same bed. Hmm. You're in a couple, you're sleeping in the same bed. You're supposed to hang out together. And then like, they'll do a recoupling. And then it's like, bye, I'm in this person's bed now. And you're right next to me in the next bed over.
2: yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like super crazy, but imagine explaining that to someone like 30, 40 years ago. Like you're like,
1: what? Anyway, Love Island. I could have a whole separate Love
3: Island podcast, probably. Top of mind is Umbrella Academy, season three. Oh, yes. Which I thought was very good. Have you guys had a chance to watch that yet? Did did it's on
0: my it's actually on my list as well. So we'll double that one up. So let's do that. Let's talk about Umbrella Academy. They just announced season four.
3: Final season. So
0: I am, I guess we're like skipping right to the end with that, but I'm so, I mean, I'm sad that season four will be the last season, but I'm also very like happy that they're not going to try to make it too much. Like Robin, you and I were talking a couple of months ago about the comics and like at this point, the show has gone beyond the actual writing of the umbrella academy comics which is fine they never really the the themes were similar but it there were a lot of differences but i'm really happy that they're gonna like they have a definite ending they understand that this is how far they're gonna go and then that's it so there's no like stretching it out too long or like having it get people get tired of it and it get canceled so it's never resolved kind of thing so it's kind of bittersweet for me i think
3: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm sad that it's ending, but I'm happy they have, you know, the heads up so it's not just going to be something really sloppy. Like, there's definitely been shows on regular TV that I feel like they get halfway through a season and they're like, oh, crap, we're getting canceled. Better uh, wrap all this up.
2: And they all lived happily ever after.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Very suddenly.
0: How Yeah, (laughs) yeah, how is the Umbrella Academy crew, this should be a different episode of our podcast, but like how could the Umbrella Academy crew possibly live happily ever after? Like how do they fix all the different time streams? Yeah. But yeah, so I also loved season three. Tell me how you feel about this, Robin. Season three, I had so much fun watching season three, but I also think it was like the messiest season that there's been so far.
3: I would agree with that. There was a lot that I really, really liked. Uh, Klaus being my favorite character, I loved seeing more about him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of the Sparrow Academy. I thought a lot of those characters and people they chose to play them were not really super entertaining or super Mm. great actors. One of them was just a cube. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which I wanted an explanation because They treated him pretty
2: normal. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah was it like, an
3: accident because of his power? Because they they set the entire series up as these were random babies, bo- <laughs> like human babies, yeah. and there's not like one of them's cube a cube Weird, is it, it? couldn't even. Was it supposed to be like a flesh cube? I couldn't even tell what it was supposed to be. <laughs> all
0: right, no, never is allowed to say cube? flesh cube again on <laughs> yeah. um, Krypton all around. Yeah, I liked some of them, I guess, but also. Yeah, I just really liked this season and I thought it was a lot of fun, but just like chaotic and in some parts a little bit like messy, but very timey-wimey, as we say. And I love Klaus. Oh, and uh, yeah, if you just throw, I think they did this in season one and then again in season three, but I don't remember them doing it in season two. But if you just throw like that random dance sequence thing that they did, That's very entertaining to me. You're going to have me hooked after that. I'm very glad it was in like the first or it must have been the first
2: episode. It was Um, right when they like met them. They all had a dance off. Yeah.
3: I think they did do it in season two, but I can't remember what it was or why.
2: Yeah.
0: But I'm pretty positive
3: they've done one every every season.
0: I'll have to go back and watch. But yeah, I distinctly remember the one in season one. And this one lives in my head rent free, as the kids say. What did you think? Did you like Umbrella Academy Season 3, Laura? Yeah,
1: I thought it was, I was more entertained by this season than I was the previous season, for whatever reason. Um, I really liked Season 2. I, was I really good. liked it. I all. enjoyed the historical aspects of Season 2, but I thought it was a little bit more fun, like, more similar to the first season, and that it was just kind of, like, kind of silly and fun. I wasn't sure if they would have another season.
0: They didn't, I mean, it just, they just announced it yesterday.
1: Yeah, they wrapped it up, like, fine, you know,
0: I don't know. It was pretty messy at the I end. I mean, it was very
1: messy, but then it was like, oh, here we all are. Now we're just going to walk away like we don't know each other. Like,
0: yeah, sad. Yeah. That it was, was sad. super sad. I was so happy. Well, I don't want to like spoilers for the show. Spoiler alert, skip ahead. But I was very happy that Luther came back. I hope that like doesn't get undone with them fixing the timeline. Because for some reason, I just fell in love with that big lug. I really like all of the he is lovable, actually. Yeah, Yep.
1: Agreed. I didn't like what's her face. I feel like they really made her a villain this Oh season. Allison. Yeah. Yeah, that was
0: tough. Yeah. That was tough because like you never know how you'd react anyone would react in that situation. And like maybe some of the unfortunately, like maybe some of the people who write shows know, but it's it's really tough to watch and it's really tough to critique, I think sometimes. But yeah, she like maybe crossed some lines with rumoring Luther and Yeah. Going a little, going a little far,
2: taking it a little far, maybe. Royce, you got anything about Umbrella Academy? I thought the season maybe was a little bit jumpy around and kind of herky-jerky, but I like where they left it. Not as for, like, an ending, if that was going to be the last season. Mm -hmm. But I do like, like, what comes next? They have this, like, alternate reality, and, like, Hargraves is up in that tower, and he, like, took over the world. I want to see where that goes. So, I'm in. I'm glad they're doing another season. He has his wife back. Is
0: that right. who that was? Because we were like the not woman. quite sure. His
3: wife, his wife back from the moon, from
0: f- being frozen on the moon. Yeah, here's <laughs> here's my theory. My theory is that the woman that Luther fell in love with took her place so that Hargreaves could have her back. That's what I think. Because she's missing at the end of the. I can't remember her name, but she's missing at the end of the show. Anyway, tune in to Krypton Alderon
2: whenever the fourth season airs, and we'll talk more about that. The final season of Better Call Saul, I think it was the sixth season or fifth season, fifth and or sixth. It was one that they split up into like two halves. So you don't know, six B (laughs) and uh, that's on like real TV. Like it's fun to watch a TV show versus like streaming series. Like I assume Love Island, you're streaming it like, well, that's every day though. There's a new it's one every, every day.
1: day. If we lived in yeah. the UK, then it would be like yes, we would gather around the television at 8 p.m. every day right. to watch Love Island. Right. How fun would that be? It Joey would, be would love that. Yeah. No
2: response. But I, I love that. That like every Monday at nine, we're like, "There's Better Call Saul on." And there's not a lot of shows that we do, we do that with, like Jeopardy, I guess. But it's not quite the same as your like epic serialized TV. Although I should, have, I might have to put Jeopardy on my list of things Mm. that I'm into. But anyway, so Better Call Saul, every Monday at nine, they did their final season. What was really interesting about this season is every season of the show has started with a flash forward into something that happened after Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul being a prequel to Breaking Bad. So they always start with this like epilogue of like where Saul is after the original Breaking Bad series. And they show that scene in black and white And then the the normal show in the prequel era is all in color. And for this final season, they started the series that way. And it wasn't just like one scene. It's usually just like a little teaser scene and they kept playing it out. And you're like, oh, they're changing the format. And it was like an entire plot line after. And they interjected plot lines in the prequel era and the sequel era. And it was kind of cool the way that they did it. It was a little weird, Like, if you didn't see Breaking Bad, you definitely would be kind of confused. But they pinned it well with things that happened post-Breaking Bad being in this black-and-white territory. And the regular timeline brings you right into Breaking Bad. And they do, like, a ton of cameos with original Breaking Bad people. And then they sort of, like, give him a redemption arc. They, like, bookend his entire story, like, the prequel into Breaking Bad and what happens to him after Breaking Bad. And I know that Joey doesn't give two shits about Breaking Bad, but... (laughs) For someone who likes (laughs) universes, like Mm. you got the DC universe, you've got the Marvel cinematic universe, you got Star Wars. There's, it's only two shows and I guess a Netflix film, El Camino. But like, there's this like Breaking Bad universe and they do a pretty good job of like marrying Breaking Bad with Better Call Saul. Not in just like tying the two shows, like timelines together, but things that cross over and like, you get prequels of more than just the character Saul. There's like Gus Fring and how he starts to build his drug empire and uh, Mike, the like gruff cop guy. Like you see so much stuff. There's a lot of great characters. The people that run that show do a fantastic job. I really hope that there's another Breaking Bad, like Breaking Bad you something in the works. But when the show ended, they teased that uh, Bob Odenkirk is going to be in some other series and. Carlo Esposito is going to be in another series. And I think both of those are AMC shows. Yeah. So they're going to be back in like other shows. And they literally, it was like, end credits roll, promo for like the two main actors next show. They're like, Smart. they will return in a different series. Please watch that.
0: <laughs>
2: but anyway, so that's over. But they did an interesting job giving that, like, a, like I said, bookends of like the very beginning of the character and the very, very end. Which I don't know if like a lot of other TV shows have done that. It was kind of interesting to me. Did you enjoy Better Call Saul, Robin, since you watched it all with me?
3: I did, yeah. But I would, I don't want them to make any more Breaking Bad spinoff shows because I think they got very, very lucky with Better Call Saul being a good show. I think if you do anything else, it's going to be a little bit stretching it. Like, who else could you possibly care about and focus on without it just being completely repetitive? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. No one. <laughs>
2: There's a whole universe though. Like there's so many other characters. It's no different than like we're gonna give the Mandalorian a show. Like mm. it's that's exactly it. You could pick any random character and give them a show. It's the BBU. BDU,
0: baby. Breaking Bad universe. Mm. Uh, Royce, I don't know how to talk about Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, but I do find it very interesting that like we probably have the receipts in one of the episodes of this podcast where you don't like when they change the format of a show. <laughs> like but now you've said it in a very positive uh way so maybe if it like play maybe in retrospect if it plays out well so here's the thing
2: though that better call Saul is a really sh- slow show and breaking bad is also very slow at times like you watch that show as more of a like s- like cinematic experience of like i'm i'm watching these shots that are like really well composed from the like craft of filmmaking rather than like there's gonna be explosions and CGI and buy the merchandise. It's much more of like a character and story driven thing rather than like, there's lightsabers and and the force. There's no like guys of special effects, you know, and bright Mm. colors. And like I said, like the whole whole part of the timeline, is just in black and white. It really does force you to just like think about the characters and stuff. And also the episodes are like almost always over an hour and they just give it enough time to tell the story. So when I'm watching that, I have a little bit more patience, you know? Rather than I'm like flying the X Wings, you know, and I want to hear like there's just not the same expectation. But you but you're right. They kind of changed the format up. But it was welcomed and it book it ended like for the series series finale, it made sense. Like, okay, they yeah. want to show where he ends up. But fair, fair point.
0: <laughs> one of the the things on my list, like I said, was Umbrella Academy. So I'll go with a different one. Miss Marvel. Oh right. Miss Marvel was an incredible show. I loved every minute of that show. I don't, you know, I don't think there was like a moment or an episode that was like anything less for me. I just loved it. I loved the characters. I loved the actors. It's such a shame that they put it up against Obi Wan. It just wasn't going to work like that. But it was a very good show. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It was just a how lot many of fun. episodes? And just very lovely. Not a lot eight maybe yeah six or eight you two haven't watched it Mm-mm. yeah you should give it a go it's fun it's good and yeah i liked it a lot i'm loving fit fa- like it's just it's just adding to it's just another layer on the delicious sandwich that is also a re- well-rounded meal that is phase four for me <laughs> phase four is hitting it out of the park in my opinion They've done the big, like you were saying, Royce, the big, like, cinematic Infinity War type thing. And now Phase 4 seems much more, like, character-driven and development-driven and, like, very personal, I I think maybe is my best way to describe it. So I'm really enjoying it, and I really liked Miss Marvel. What did you think, Lorelai? I think... The only other person here who watched it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I think we were not the target audience for that show and that it did feel a little bit more, like, kitty it felt like the target audience was teenagers which i get like not every show is going to be targeted for me for example i enjoyed the first episode of she hulk a lot more which i think is like something i'm just like going to connect with that character more Mm -hmm. which is you know that's why we make diverse television sure and i think you're right that it is like a layer in the sandwich like it's gonna draw in different people the mcu sandwich (laughs) the mcu sandwich I mean, it was entertaining. It just, like, wasn't my most favorite thing in Phase 4. But that's fine.
2: And that's fine. We need to find a word for when something exists inside of a universe and you're like, it wasn't the great, like, it was not as good as Endgame. Like, you know, it's just... It's not going to be, and that's okay. No,
0: that's why I think, uh, I agree, but that's why I think they're doing a great job with these phases, at least like breaking things out into different phases, puts like this structure in it that's like, okay, well maybe like phase one through three were the Infinity Saga, and that's like under this umbrella of the Infinity Saga, and now we've got the umbrella of like Kang and the Secret Wars and all the stuff that's coming in the next few phases as an overarching thing. It seems very scheduled and very professional. I don't know. Very, I don't, Orchestrated. I don't know what the right word is. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like the best
2: way to do it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, they know what they're doing. I have another that we can all probably chime in on to some degree. One thing that I've been really excited about, which I was surprised to be as excited about. I was kind of going to skip over this because I saw a lot of people talking about it and I'm like, nah, how much of a big deal could it be? But there is this... Filmmaker guy, he went viral on TikTok for making a fan edit of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And he chopped all the six episodes down into like a two or three hour movie. It got really good reviews. Like it went viral and like real news organizations were reporting on it. Like it's a fan edit, but it got like real press, like Variety like wrote a piece about it. He takes some creative liberties of like he puts in a new scene. There's like a new stormtrooper guy next to Vader. When Vader is uh, burning Obi Wan and they get away, and you're like, why didn't Obi- why didn't Darth Vader go after Obi Wan? And he's got a stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper is like, should we pursue him, Vader? And he like overdubs audio that he like recigged from the original films, and Vader says like, no, not yet. So he does little things to like fix parts of the plot that he didn't like, and he puts in some of the original scores and whatnot, and takes out some of the scenes that are slower or just, like, there's a lot of, like, the uh, Reva stuff that he takes out. Like, you don't see Luke getting attacked by Reva and whatnot. A lot of creative liberties, but it's like, plays as one movie, and a lot of it I really liked. And there's, uh, especially, like, there's one scene when Vader's fighting Obi-Wan for the last time, like, when Obi-Wan kicks his butt, and, like, right towards the end, where you're, like, Obi-Wan's gonna, like, finish him off, like, if there wasn't a New Hope or, like, the rest of the series. And he hears Qui-Gon... And Qui-Gon goes, he is the chosen one. He will bring balance to the force. And that's when he's like, goodbye, old friend, or goodbye, Vader, Darth. And like, that's a cool way to do it. So there was a lot of like, the stuff we do on our show, like they should have made this happen and that happened. And he made his own fan edit. And I love yeah. it. So not only that, but Kai Patterson, he went viral after this and people were like, can you do Boba Fett too? Re-edit Boba Fett. And he was like, ah, maybe. And somebody else also cut up Obi-Wan at the same time, but, like, didn't go viral. And so those two guys teamed up. There's Kai Patterson, K-A-I Patterson, and then Pentex Productions. And so they teamed up to re-edit Boba Fett as well. And what they did with Boba Fett pretty much fixed all my gripes with (sighs) Boba Fett. My gripes being the format of the show with all their flashbacks. (laughs) And so they broke it up into two parts. Part one being... Uh, They called it Without a Tribe. There's a line where Boba Fett goes, you can't get very far without a tribe. And so the part one is all about him and the Tusken Raiders. And it's that entire story in chronological order. And he interjects it with what's going on with the Mandalorian at that same time. And you see bits and pieces of season one and season two of Mandalorian. there because he meets, uh, he goes to Tatooine. He meets that random bounty hunter guy that wants to be in the guild. Yeah. And that's when they first meet Fennec Shand and they tease Boba Fett. I think that's season one. Yeah. Or whatever that is. So they tell the Tuscan Raider story of Boba Fett and season one and two Mandalorian stories that tie in with Boba Fett, all in chronological order. Uh, and it ends with them finally giving Grogu back to Luke. That's part one. And then part two is Boba Fett taking back Tatooine. Uh, and that's called with honor, dying with honor, or whatever he says to. Mando, something like that. And it's great in chronological order. So anyway, if you want to check those out, search for Kai Patterson and you can watch his his re-edits. It's just funny cuz we complain about things like they should have done it this way or that way and all we do is bitch about it. But this guy actually recut the show and occasionally like added in new things that he he takes the speeders that are all brightly colored mm-hmm. and desaturates them so they're just chrome. That's cool. So it's his own like edit, obviously. Maybe yeah. you think this is crazy or not, but That's his take on it. And I love it as someone who like has remixed a lot of copyrighted content in his career.
0: Yeah. uh, I respect it. I don't know if I necessarily like them. Like that was part of the mods being the mods was there like those speeders. But other than that, yeah, you sent them to me. I didn't watch them. I got to look this up because we do do a lot of like head cannon fan edit type stuff. I've tried, especially in like recent years to be respectful. Like obviously, right. We're all like, content creators, so I want to, like, respect the content that was produced. So there's a fine line there, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, with some of the people who edited Cad Bane because they didn't like the way he looked, it's like, I mean, there were creative decisions made by
2: creative professionals. and Well, so okay, let me counter, to- though, that. He, he just took Obi-Wan to cut it down to a movie, and he took Boba Fett and put it chronologically. I think those were, like, kind of the initial briefs. For those projects Rather than like This is bad I'll do it better It was like yeah. I'm just gonna kind of Tweak the way They presented these things Now it's a movie Now it's chronological I'll have to look it up uh, I
0: don't know enough about it I'll look into it A little bit more But also like I understand what you're
2: saying But to the point
0: Of chronological order <laughs> I get wanting to see things In a certain order Or maybe it more Being more appealing But like come on Star Wars is not In chronological order It's like It's thing So I could see I know it's fine both ways, I think.
2: There's so much stuff that crosses over with Mando season one and two, though, that with all due respect to the franchise, like, I don't think it's a matter of, like, this is just a better way to watch it, but it is interesting to see the story in order and how things actually correlate. I'm sure a lot of people are like, how does this even line up with all that? And this Hmm. explains it. There's that scene in the book of Boba Fett where he sees that bright flash off in the distance on Tatooine, and that's when Mando was fighting with Fennec Shand. Yeah. And Boba goes and checks that out. You see that in the book of Boba Fett, but that happened in season one of Mandalorian, a show that was like three years ago. So it's just interesting that now you can be like, oh, that one little moment that, you know, fringe fans might might miss. Although fringe fans probably aren't going to watch a fan edit. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. who knows? It's like a machete I
0: type thing. Yeah. I got to just got to look it up. Just got to know more about it.
1: Did they edit those speeder bikes to make them the correct speed?
2: That's so funny. So, I listened to all of our Boba Fett (laughs) episodes today as well on two and a half times speed. It's very interesting to listen to our commentary and then watch like this re edit. It fixes a lot of things. Yes, they cut that down like so fast. Like the chase starts and it like immediately ends. And yes, you
1: went on a tangent on like. I was like, this is not okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you're like, they have a lot of money. There's no excuse for there not to be a cool chase scene.
1: (laughs) It's true. I'll stand my ground on that one. Like literally anybody with eyes could watch that and be like, this sucks.
2: (laughs) I love it. Still going on the tangent. That's great. Oh, also in those episodes, I literally, oh, it was you and me, I think on our like one-on-one episode we did or whatever. I was like, I'm not going to rewatch this show unless they put it in chronological order. And
3: here we are. Here we are. A few weeks ago, we finally got to see Lightyear when they started streaming it oh. on Disney+. Oh, we have so. watched that.
0: We have not watched it yet. Don't spoil it.
3: Highly no recommend. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how to not spoil it without just saying highly recommend. Okay. I want to watch it real good.
0: bad. Yeah, we're behind on a lot of stuff. What's your review of Lightyear,
2: though? Just, just watch it. That's the review.
3: I kind of wish the movie was just Socks, but it was still a very good movie. <laughs> mm. Is Socks the cat? Socks is yeah. the cat. And Help. even more incredible than the trailers for it, I think. I think the entire the entire movie was very good, but I was a little worried that like everything they showed in the trailers of the cat, like that was it. And that was the only scenes with the cat or like the only good scenes. But the entire thing is just like very well made.
0: Maybe we give Love Island a break tonight and watch Lightyear.
3: Okay. Fine.
0: <laughs> How many two infinities out of infinity would you both
2: give <laughs> Lightyear?
1: All of the infinities. All of them. Okay. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it.
2: I will say, like, the Toy Story connections and, like, the like discourse on that, like, is kind of annoying. Super annoying. Mm. It's weird the way the way that it's set up and, like, advertised for, but they start the movie with, like, a... In a galaxy far, far away. They, like, explain what the movie is. Were
0: you talking about all the discourse that happened in the real world over the movie and Yeah, stuff? people being like, this doesn't that's... need to exist. It's not Tim Allen. I'm so angry. Yeah, it, that's the part. Maybe a little over really the top. Me. Yeah, yeah. like, someone, first of all, Tim Allen. Come on. Second of all, like, no one else could ever be cast in anything ever, as long as someone already played that role once. It's what a ridiculous idea. Anyway. So dumb, but yeah, I really want to watch it.
2: It's people that like see it on the surface level and did no independent research. It's like classic humanity of just like, no, I formed an opinion.
3: Well, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense because how many people have played like Batman or James Bond or Superman? I was just, just going to say,
0: yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Like no one could ever play these characters or voice these characters ever again because one
2: person did it once.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
3: it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, you watch Spider-Man like Homecoming and he's building like Star Wars Legos. That Spider-Man likes Star Wars and like multiple people play multiple Star Wars characters. Multiple people play Spider-Mans. Yeah. And this is just Toy Story. Like there's a bunch of Toy Story movies, but there's only the one light year. It's like not a big deal, but it is kind of weird that like it's an animated thing. So I think that's the first time that's ever happened sort of thing, you know? Mm. So maybe that's why people are weird about it. I hope they make another one. They like maybe set up more, but maybe (laughs) not.
1: They left the door. But who open. knows what
2: like the reaction is if they're like we have to do another or if it wasn't a smash or not. I would yeah. watch more though if they do a sequel. Lightyear two.
3: Yeah.
2: Beyond Infinity.
3: Lightyear Your Two <laughs> Socks.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they'll make like socks shorts and stuff. Oh yeah.
3: They need to.
1: It's your friggin' Nintendo Switch. It better be. And the Pokemon game.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll make it that. So, yes. Just got a Switch. And I have been playing and absolutely loving Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus? Arceus. I don't know how to say it, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And I thought I'd love it. But like, okay, so it's like an open world game. There are like missions and stuff and, and stuff you're supposed to do. But it's pretty open world. You can go and do whatever you want. Which no matter how many times I learn the lesson, it always sounds really appealing on the surface. Like I always go back to no man's sky no man's sky is probably one of the most hyped video games ever made and i bought it and maybe i play it once a year it's just impossible for me to have fun playing that game but it's very like open galaxy open world you can fly around in your spaceship to wherever but the pokemon game is so much fun it's reinvigorated my love for pokemon he watched I had all the Pokemon the, World Championships yeah. on the in the background while I was doing stuff last week or whenever they were on. I'm a I'm a I'm a Pokemon fan again.
1: He's a Pokemon boy. I'm a Pokemon boy. <laughs> I, I once again. I,
0: I was scrolling through my pictures of potential Pokemon tattoos. <laughs> so anyway, it's a great game. Highly recommend. You guys got a Switch, right? Go get it. Pick it up. Play it. Robin's got Snap, I think. Right?
3: Yeah. I played that recommend.
0: on the N64 in whenever the mid to late 90s.
3: This one is better.
0: Yeah. Is it is it, is it different? Is it a different game?
3: Um, it's very similar, but I remember my biggest complaint in the first game being the pace that the car moved. So it still moves for you, but you can slow it down or speed it up. You can't mm. completely stop it, but if you're like, okay, there's nothing here that I need a picture of, And now I'm just waiting. You can literally just press a button and speed it up. And then there's like alternate trails. Two times speed. So it's it's more interesting.
2: (sighs) Yeah. I like my Pokemon like I like my podcasts. Two times speed. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's fun. So we're all into Pokemon is what I'm hearing, all four of us. Man, I remember when those originally came out. I had some <laughs> friends that had like a Game Boy Color and I was like, that's that's the shit, man. We didn't have a Game Boy Color. Here's my Game Boy. I'm showing it to the camera. This is Pokemon Red inside
0: this Game Boy. This game has not left this console since probably 1998. Do you two think you'll get this Pokemon game after my stellar review?
3: Kind of. I never really played any of the other games except for Snap. Mm. But I keep seeing or I haven't in a while but I was bombarded with the trailer on like you know Nickelodeon and Disney Channel before and right after the game came out and it, it looks more interesting to me than any of the other ones have so I think eventually I'll very getting it yeah <laughs> I'll give you my list
2: I'll check it twice.
1: My last thing, which we've all talked about in person, but we didn't record that. So I'm going to use it again, is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm, Good choice. A movie that we watched, an excellent movie, Yes, I would say. It was so good. We both really, really enjoyed it. My frame of reference for others is that it's like a combination of, what's the show we watched?
0: Kim's Convenience.
1: Kim's Convenience and... Um, multiverse multiverse of madness madness (laughs) together in one (laughs) Hmm.
0: except it's a laundromat except it's a laundromat
1: It's like really good characters and it's really fun that it has like the multiverse aspect to the movie. It's again a situation where you can't really talk about it without spoiling it, so you just have to go watch it. Yeah, it's so good, it's really funny, it's got a lot of heart. Yeah, and
0: the timing's all really great and the way that they like interact with the multiverse is really, I mean, it's it's just really funny. It's really interesting, yeah, yeah,
1: versus you know, Doctor Strange where he like opens up his little things, like they have their own way of getting between universes. And like what that, the timey-wimey stuff means.
0: Yeah, you have to like break into another universe by doing a probably, what's the, how do I phrase it? Like probabilistic, unlikely thing to happen. So it's like, all right, well, to get to this universe, you need to get four paper cuts in between your fingers. And it's like, that's impossible. And
1: they're like, that's (laughs) why you have to do it. And they're like, ah, like trying to give themselves (laughs) paper cuts. It's like, it's really funny.
2: What is it on? We
1: We bought bought the DVD. Sight Unseen. I
0: know. I had a pretty good It's got to be on Netflix be. or. I don't know if it's streaming. Prime, it's, maybe.
1: Uh, maybe. But yeah, it was worth it might a be buy. I yeah HBO would watch it again.
2: Not tonight, though, because we're watching Lightyear.
1: Yeah.
2: On Disney Plus, they have a new documentary about the history of industrial light and magic yes. entitled Light and Magic. And it's like a six part documentary. Did you guys check any of it or? Or we have not yet. No, it's also on the list. Man, if you are a movie fan, it's it's a must watch. Obviously, like, you can tie a lot of ILM to Star Wars because that's where it was born out of, but mm-hmm. the impact that they have had on the movie universe and, like, honestly, I feel like the only reason that we can, like, podcast right now and, like, record our own audio and, like, distribute it ourselves can probably be directly tied back to ILM and Star Wars. It's a pretty amazing documentary. Behind-the-scenes stuff is just my favorite in general to see how they made things. And, like, they're so fucking scrappy. We're making Star Wars. And, like, we've never done these sorts of things before. And we got to invent the technology to do it. And they show you so many little nuggets of, like, oh, that's how they did that scene? That's freaking cool. And I've been reading that Making Star Wars book that Robin got me for, like, Christmas last year. And it's, like, basically that on screen. But they go beyond Star Wars. They talk about Jurassic Park and Pixar and Terminator. So they give you like a whole history and it goes from like Star Wars and like the effects they developed for that to like going into computers and like what that did for the entire visual effects industry. And it's a really similar trajectory. If you've ever seen the documentary, Sound City by Dave Grohl, the recording industry going from analog tape to digital Pro Tools recording. And how that kind of like tanked the entire recording industry, essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's like the same thing with visual effects. That they had these like modeling people and puppets and film. And then George Lucas develops editing on computers and Pixar and animating things. They like kind of destroy part of the film industry as well for like better or worse. There's like some really interesting correlations between all that. But my favorite part is they are interviewing Phil Tippett. One of the guys that did like the stop motion animation for stuff in Star Wars. I think he did, like, the Tauntaun scene on Hoth and lots of other stuff. He's, like, good with creatures. They were interviewing him and he's like, that's the only (laughs) thing that keeps me alive is, like, my love and passion for, like, what I'm doing. And they left a lot of things in about, like, his mental health struggles and whatnot. In the documentary, super passionate about just, like, animating Tauntauns to, like, be in a film. It's really cool to, like, see the insight to all those, like, creative people at ILM. They talk about how when they're figuring out how to do the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park, they're like, are we going to do these digital or practical? And Mm -hmm. Phil Tippett was going to be the guy that was going to do all the stop motion for the dinosaurs. And then they had some people that were developing computer dinosaurs and they did like a shootout and they're like, man, the computer dinosaurs are like pretty fucking sick. (laughs) And they had to tell Phil Tippett that he wasn't going to be doing the dinosaurs for Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. And you can see, he's like, fuck, man, that sucks. Yeah. But they bring him on to consult for like the movement of the dinosaurs. He doesn't actually make them and animate them, but he obviously knows the craft of like, here's how you make something that's not real move like it is real. Right. And that that's obviously a useful skill, practically speaking. And they incorporated that with some of the digital stuff that they did. It's a must watch, man. It's <laughs> so cool. Robin, did you enjoy ILM?
3: Yeah, it was nice.
2: Or light and magic?
3: Yeah. It was interesting.
0: Yeah, I really want to watch it. We've been working a lot here with like trying to get settled in. And then if we sit down, we're we're watching Love Island. I think we just have to maybe like stretch our legs a little bit and
3: Or we could just finish Love Island. I don't
0: know, want that.
3: So much stuff to
1: watch. Yeah.
3: I know. We already kind of touched upon it if it counts as consuming content. But this uh dashboard confessional and Andrew McMahon concert, mm, I awesome. would put put as the Highlight of my summer, they both kind of put like teaser videos and their stories on Instagram, like talking to each other. And they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a tour together? And I was like, I mean, they're obviously going to do a tour together, but I hope they're not fucking with us. (laughs) And like a few days later, they announced the tour and then they did a presale. And I noticed the other day, the day of the pre-sale was April 13th, and we saw the show August 13th. So it literally, was like four months in advance. And for the past four months, I've just been like hyped for this show. And I was so awesome. excited. And I, I bought tons of merch.
2: We literally visited the merch booth like multiple times. Like They're like, you times. guys again? That's hilarious. I
3: walked, yeah. I walked up, and the woman at the dashboard merch table was like, "Hey, you're back!" And I was like, "Yep, more stuff, please." <laughs> I made
2: Robin buy a tote bag from the merch booth because I was like, "You have too much merch. We have to carry Don't put this somehow." Your
3: merch and other merch. <laughs> yep, I had to buy merch to put my merch in. But like, I've I've been listening to both of them for the past, you know, twenty something years since like, yeah. you know, seventh or eighth grade. So for them to both tour together and to be able to see both of them was awesome. And they're doing, they do, they're they doing two live streams for people who couldn't come out to the shows, but I'm still excited about it. So I bought what they referred to as a season pass for both live streams. So the first one was last week and then the second one is tomorrow night, which is pretty awesome. cool. Yeah.
2: Very cool. I've never seen a band like two times on a tour other than ones that I've done sound for. But I've never like followed a band on tour. It's crazy. We like saw the show live and then we watched it at home. It was like, you know, the sl- slightly different set list and different, you know, moments that happened. Kind of fun, actually. And, and I didn't know it was a season pass. That's kind of cool. Like, yeah, re- see them on the whole tour.
3: Well, they referred to it as the season pass. So you could buy a live stream ticket for one of the shows or both of the shows. And if you bought it for both of the shows, they referred to it as the season pass for the live stream tour. So I'm excited.
2: Did you have a favorite moment from any of the shows?
3: Uh, I mean, just being there, especially after that was <laughs> our, not our first show back, but that was the first, I think, like big show back since November 2019 when we saw Jimmy Eat World at The Chance. But otherwise, like we saw Frank Turner in May and that was like a bigger show, but to see like Dashboard and Andrew McMahon and there were so many people and it was at Stone Pony at the summer stage. So it's like right on the beach, which is my favorite venue. So that was like a felt like a pretty monumental moment.
2: I had a favorite moment. The whole show was great, but Andrew McMahon sang Cecilia in the satellite. Don't be yeah. afraid, Cecilia. I'm the satellite and you're the sky. Ay, ay,
1: ay, ay, or
2: whatever it is. He brought, I presumably, his daughter out on stage and like she sang the song with him. And man, that fucking wrecked me. I was like, I was drinking. But I was like, this is just such a nice moment. Like this dude has been touring for over 20 years and his daughter's on stage with him at this like sold out show. And there's the lights and like, that was super special. That's really freaking cool.
3: Yeah. I mean, his daughter who he wrote the song for before she was even born, which I think is pretty cool.
2: I thought that was pretty special. (laughs) And then his daughter was not at the live stream show that we saw. So I was like, oh, man, I wasn't kind of like you had to see that moment in time. She she
3: was at the first like two or three weeks of the tour. And then he he went live on Instagram like a week or two ago. And someone was like, "Uh, Cecilia, you're going to be at the show tonight. And he was like, no, Uh, her and my wife had to go home for a little bit, but they'll be back eventually. So maybe towards the end of the tour, she'll come back. But that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And I love that song. It's a good one. I really like that song a lot. Remember when we saw him, Royce, in college? He came to Oneon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was as Jack's Mannequin, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a good show. I
2: was 11 years ago. John Bon Jovi cover band opened up. Still, go- I don't remember that part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a John Bon Jovi cover band. And then <laughs> Jack's funny. Mannequin. <laughs> Something for everyone, some might say. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's time for our, we've done the whole show as everyone but mine's least favorite part of the show. And now we're going to do this part as everyone's favorite part of the show, the surprise question time. I just want to do a quick shout out to Brian from Pink Milk. Brian, if you're listening, hi, thanks for listening. Hey, I think you're real great. I know you and I discussed a specific surprise question. I'm going to hold that off till next week. So that's a little tease for next episode's surprise question. Courtesy of Brian from Pink Milk. Go listen to Pink Milk; they're great. Anyway, my question for you all: We talked all about our shows that we've watched, the content we've consumed over the past few months. Tell me what your like favorite or like a one of your favorite shows was growing up. Like something that you sat down, you had to be like Royce. You're saying we were we sit down at nine o'clock to watch Better Call <laughs> Saul. What did you sit down to watch? Every week as a kid.
1: So the one that comes to mind is Smallville. Oh, God. Sorry. All right. Give me a minute. Okay. Well, I'll talk about it. Okay. So, (laughs) I mean, my dad like was slash is very into Superman. And so when that show came out, it was like a big deal for him. And it was a big deal for us because it aired at 8 p.m. And at that point in our lives, our bedtime was like 8 or 8.30 or something. And so we got to like stay up until 9 and we ordered pizza every Tuesday at 8 p.m. We got to watch Smallville and it was just like a a fun, nice time.
0: I agree. Smallville was great. And I also left it and sat down to watch it every week until we got to college. Really? I never knew. (laughs) I made Royce... Royce and I sat down and watched my whole collection of Smallville DVDs. (laughs) Like, the 10th season came out when we were, it must have been like our senior year of college, maybe, or our junior year. It it doesn't matter. But before that, while we were roommates, we sat down and we watched them all. I skipped
2: some. Joey would literally be like, we don't have to watch this episode. And I always thought, like, there's no, like, there's got to be something in there. And you'd be like, nah, <laughs> nah. Skip this one. Freak of the week. Especially early
0: on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially early on. It's like um, very yeah, little plot. Villain need, of the week or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. need like
1: two minutes at the very end, which is just Clark like looking at Lana. I love you.
0: <laughs> the show really grew and evolved. Yeah, I think. It did. Except the episode where he tells Lois, the like at the end of the series, the episode where he tells Lois he's the red blue blur was. I think the rest of that episode was so bad, but that moment in that episode is so good. So it's like, if we put it on today, I'd be like, I was in college with Druith. I'd be like, we should skip this one. And then remember later that that perfect moment is in that kind of bad episode. So it's sad. Make a fan at it. <laughs> uh, it's too late. Robin, what do you, what do you got?
3: First thing that comes to mind is Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, TGIF. I mean, TGIF in general every single week. But Sabrina specifically, I remember always being very excited about. It was, I don't know what time, but it was, you know, Friday night sometime between like 8 and 10. And I think it was typically one of the first shows that would come on to like kick off TGIF. So I remember that being like a a moment I would look forward to all week, like school's done, it's Friday, Sabrina's on, and then we're going to watch Boy Meets World and all this other cool stuff's going to come on. And that was kind of like what Laurel I was saying. Like that was really the one night a week where I was allowed to stay up past like you know nine o'clock or whatever my bedtime was at the time. Like I could watch everything until like ten o'clock and stay up a little bit later. So that was yeah. fun.
0: Did you have you watched the new Sabrina stuff that was on Netflix?
3: It's amazing.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. I haven't finished it, but I like it a lot.
3: It's really good. I was skeptical, but I like that it's it's different and it's darker and. It's uh, an interesting twist, I think.
2: Yeah, it's more comic book, comic book-y. Yeah. Royce. I liked Sabrina the Teenage Witch a lot. I'm not going to use that as mine. I'll give TGIF a uh, honorable mention. And Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And mm. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Oh my uh, goodness, God. Dr. <laughs> Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> Those were like the shows that the our entire family would like watch together, which I assume was like the the TGIF- sort of thing. Maybe like even like Xena Warrior Princess was in there. I don't oh know. yeah, I watched the shit out of Xena and Hercules. Too bad about Kevin Sorbo these days. We didn't have cable, so it was like whatever was the big like ABC or like Fox or NBC show like that or CBS yeah. or whatever. Oh, uh, CSI was a big one that we all watched. But for the one I actually have to answer with is gotta be The Simpsons. Every Sunday oh, yeah. Simpsons. My dad would always tape uh, Simpsons like Pre like the 2000s, we had like every Simpsons on VHS because we didn't have cable or whatever. So like we'd tape the Simpsons. We just watch the Simpsons or Star Wars. And every Sunday I would watch the Simpsons. And when I went to like college, I was like, there's no way I'm not watching the Simpsons every Sunday night. And then college, like your life totally like turns into something else And I never, maybe like at first, but I fell off the bandwagon. But I always thought like, I will never miss the Simpsons. And that's probably a decent time to have gotten out of The Simpsons anyway. If you're still a Simpsons fan today, I respect it. But it's not quite what it once was, obviously. But it's still going. And we still catch it every now and then if we're not. I mean, maybe we'll go watch it tonight. But uh, probably a rerun tonight.
3: I think it's been uh, better recently. The Mm. last few that we watched that were from the current season seemed a little bit closer to like a classic Simpsons vibe. Sometimes the newer
2: ones can really hit.
3: I mean, I don't think they've been particularly great for the past like 10 or so years, but recently the, the few that we've caught, I thought hit a little bit better yeah. than anything post-Simpsons movie.
2: I haven't written it off like Walking Dead style where you're like, this show is just going in circles. I quit, like I'll still catch it <laughs> when it's on, but it's also not <gasps> serialized. So it's a little easier to like pick it up and whatnot.
0: What about you, Joey? Yeah, thanks for teeing that up for me, Royce. <laughs> That's me hitting the ball off the T. Because where's T? I was going to say Smallville. Ha <laughs> But I won't. TG, I mean, obviously there's not just one, right? We, none of us have right. just one. But. Nope, you got to narrow it down to one. Sorry. One drink, one show. <laughs> TGIF was a big one. The dinosaurs on TGIF oh, was dinosaurs. my favorite. Favorite, favorite. I have it on DVD here somewhere. I can't not mention Saturday morning cartoons, especially mm. in the 90s. X-Men, Spider-Man. Um, that kind of thing. So definitely like getting up on Saturday to like watch those cartoons was a big thing. But yeah, I think dinosaurs is something that like, yeah, mentally at the end of every week on TGIF, I'm going to be watching this show. That was probably my big one from like the TGI area of my childhood, TGIF era of my childhood. But I also used to watch Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman with my great grandma. So there was that. I spent a lot of time at her house and we watched Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Should we make a Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman podcast?
2: <laughs> I'm all about
0: it. I guess that's it. We did it. We're back. Hey, We're back. you know what my favorite, speaking of dinosaurs, you know what my favorite cartoon dinosaur movie from the 90s is? We're back. And
2: that's us. Anyway, Royce, you want to do the end of the show? <laughs> all right, listeners. What have you been into for the past four months? (laughs) Catch us up in 140 characters or less on Twitter at Krypton Alderon or Instagram, Facebook, TikTok or pew, pew, pew us an email. krypton 2 Alderon at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. It's been a while, but we'll be back in one to two weeks, hopefully. Stay tuned. I've been Royce.
1: I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai.
2: And I've been your villain
0: of the week. And we've been... <laughs> Krypton 2. Well, doctor with Medicine Woman lives.